0: Welcome back to Indie Ball Nation. We have a lot to discuss here on the schedule front. Other than that, it's been pretty slow. But I guess our main story is probably going to be Atlantic League scheduling. And I don't think that deserves necessarily to be a main story. If I'm honest with you right now, transparent moment, I don't have a point. I don't know. It's just uh, I don't know what to make of it. I have guesses of what the oddness, oddities of Atlantic League schedules might mean. Uh, But it's something that I... Have been sitting on a little bit now, and I just think we should talk about even though it's going to end. I'm going to tell you, skip to the end, it's going to sound the same. It's, I don't know what to make of it, but I'm bringing it to y'all as the strange people of Indie Ball Nation who are probably in the same strange things that I am because that is why we're here in Indie Ball Nation to talk about weird things like the intricacies of Indie Ball scheduling. Isn't it thrilling? Hold on to your hats first and foremost. I'm going to hold on to that dramatic bit of news for the Atlantic League schedule. And talk about transactions, not much going on in the American Association. So we're going to skip ahead to the Pioneer League. That's right, Pioneer League, getting it going, leadoff spot called into action here. They don't have a ton to report either, but they do have two signings from Boise. One, Matthew Sox, already out of the Pac-12, who posted a 551 ERA array with Utah in 2022. I don't have projections for him yet, but I do like the fact that his name is spelled S-O-X, Sox, uh, because until high school, Uh, And a a crushing realization at a lunch table discussion, Uh, I thought Sox was spelled S-O-X. Sorry. Uh, What else was I supposed to think? The Red Sox and White Sox, they're just getting away with some terrible smelling. Like for a century, I I think it was a fair thing to expect. And I respect the fact that Matthew Sox, his name is spelled, I think, correctly. And about half the time, I still spell Sox incorrectly. Uh, But luckily, my wife, who used to teach English, is very patient. Though also very tired. You can't even imagine what she deals with. Moving on, lefty reliever Jordan Chapel was also brought in by Boise. He had a 532 ERA with Division II Minnow State last season, but he did have good peripherals. I actually find him interesting. Projections like him. He could be a mid four guy, even maybe a mid to low four guy, dare I say it. Uh, which it would be a huge contribution from a first year pitcher in the Pioneer League. Such a difficult league to pitch in. If he can come in and keep that ERA under five, especially if you can get it down closer to that mid-four range. That's a good contributor out of the bullpen, especially as a lefty. And, you know, he might be seeing some better matchups if he's going against lefties too, so that might help out his numbers as well. Moving out of the Pio to the Atlantic League. Gastonia continues to be the only team publicly announcing transactions at this point. I don't know what the deal is. I don't know why. Again, the theme of the episode is the Atlantic League is weird. Help me. Um, This is why I cover all of Indie Ball now, because the Atlantic League is just exhausting to try to cover solo. Um, I mean... The transaction page is blank and I like to think, well, maybe they're just not, you know, updating the website, uh, the lengthy website transaction page, but also Gastonia is the only team posting transactions on social media. I don't know what to do with that. I really don't. Uh, but they've announced like, I swear to you, like at least half a dozen. I know of a trade. It's very odd. Um, but the the most recent move that they have now made is signing righty reliever Jesus Linares. Uh, He's been in the Rangers system since 2014, peaking in high A last season. He posted 482 there for his career in high A. Um, Projections have Linarez as a mid to high 4 ERA arm out of the Gastonia pen. That would not be a bad result for him, uh, especially because he has been sort of backtracking over the last few seasons when it comes to his results. So if he can keep that ERA again under 5, that would be big for him. If he can really solidify his spot uh, in, you know, even mid leverage situations for Gastonia, I think he could be a key addition. I mean, he's also a guy who, where if he comes into camp, he gets some good work in the offseason. He shows up with, you know, some good movements, with spin, spin, maybe some velo that wasn't quite seen before. has a good outing or two. He could also be out of Gastonia, back into affiliated ball within a week. We see that every year, it seems. He's a candidate for that, I'm sure. Um, I will caution his low-end projections do dip down toward like the mid-five year race situation, which is not going to get it done for a team that is going to need some good bullpen innings. Uh, this year. I mean, just need it. We've learned that. You need it to survive in the Atlantic League. You're going to want a good pen. Uh, finally, into the Frontier League. Uh, it's also a slow weekend in the Frontier. The Evansville Otters released righty Vinny Santariero. Uh He had a very minor role with the team over the past two seasons. Might pop back in. I wouldn't be surprised if they are in a pinch. Uh, but yeah, I would. that's that. <laughs> I don't even have like good numbers. He pitched like two games, I think, last year. So Again, it's a slow weekend in the Frontier. Now, Quebec did make a signing. They brought in Abdiel Saldana. Uh, He hasn't pitched much since, like, 2019 when he was in the Astros system. Projections do like him, and it's fascinating to me. The projections never – the projections – again, I'm the one in the background. I'm the one who, like, sets up the projection system and keys it in and all that. The projection system does not like guys who have not pitched in a couple years. Projections like him. I don't know. I'm fascinated. I think – You know, we don't know what he even has. He didn't look like he was as best in 2019. But if he comes in and brings the stuff he can possibly have, he could have a very good year. He could also be a disaster and he could get bounced really quick. I I don't know. Maybe it's because Quebec signed him. Maybe it's because I have faith in the projection model. I'm going to bet he does fine. (laughs) I don't know. I've limited evidence to say that. But usually when a guy has good projections, I think he has good projections because of A, B, and C. This one, I don't know but he projects to be good and Quebec found him and that's what Quebec does. So he got to assume Quebec's going to be good and he'll probably be good with them. So there's your signing for Abdiel Saldanya. Saldanya? I'll get it, dude. This whole show is just going to devolve into me saying names and struggling. You know it. Um, before we get into the schedule discussion, I do want to mention, uh, if you are purely reliant on YouTube, you should check it out in podcast form, but I do appreciate that you checking out the effort on the video. Um, There were issues with the last episode uploading there's always issues but i think i finally worked it out and i keep saying that but i actually do think i worked it out um but with the solution i found you can keep an eye out for any interviews in the future being posted as separate episodes i prefer just three bite-sized episodes for like 25 different reasons i prefer smaller bite-sized episodes rather than like two hour plus episodes a week when i can avoid it um Additionally, I know the the podcast had a mistake in it last week where I just like didn't edit out two minutes of stuff. That's why I don't like doing an hour plus of content because it's hard to edit the whole thing. Um, I'm very easily distracted. I have a small brain. And uh, yeah, no, I don't like that at all. So I get distracted easily. And if I have to edit an hour of something, it's going to be a mess. This is Indie Ball Nation. <laughs> Yeah, I felt like that was probably the right way to just segue into the Indy Ball Nation intro there. Now to our main topic, which is the Atlantic League schedule. I'm going to try to not take too much time obsessing over this because I know there's no point. I'm telling you right now there's no point to what I'm telling you. I just want to talk about it. So here we are. Every league has scheduling oddities. I know it. the Pioneer League, you don't even play every team if you're one like on the far ends of that league. It's just too much travel. I think they should be able to play every team. I think it's kind of BS they don't, but they, they don't. It is what it is. Uh, there's always going to be the unevenness of, you know, a weird number of games where you got to play, you know, you'll play one division opponent more than the others. All right, sure. Hopefully it's like a local rivalry thing you can build up, whatever. Um, but boy, the <laughs> it is beyond that what we have going on in the Atlantic League right now. Now, I will say before I jump into this that I was not actually able to deep dive the schedule this year. I usually do, but expanding the coverage to all of any ball is exhausting. So uh, it was actually through a sort of chance conversation uh, and someone who reached out on Twitter, uh, a guy named Ed Kotz, I want to say, uh, is the pronunciation last name, and I apologize if I butchered that. But he brought up that he, out of just pure interest, he didn't even want to label why he did it, made a breakdown of the lengthy League schedule and is very good and very useful and it pointed out something to me, which is it's a mess. It's a complete mess and we should talk about it. So it's beyond just the things that we said, the oddities that schedules have. We're looking at matchups that do or don't have a lot of like, you know, games within them and some of them make sense. You work in Lancaster play 21 times. Cool. You're right next to each other. You have a rivalry. It's been established over the course of over a decade. That's good. However, of those 21 games, only 6 of them are in Lancaster and all of them are in April. I don't understand. Both teams it's not like they're taking a long bus trip to each other. Both teams are in you know their own town, and then when they play each other, they take a bus over, play the game, and then they go back to where they live. So you, at any time, when both teams are in town together, could just play in Lancaster. I'm sure Lancaster is scrambling for reasons, because if you don't know, Frederick doesn't have an even number of home and away games because of their stadium is being used by the Keys, and they basically had dibs, uh, but... You gotta, so I'm assuming it's to even out the total number of home and away games for teams as best as possible, but still, like, I don't know. There's a lot of that. There's a lot of, I get it, but also really, uh, continuing. I mean, there's some really obvious ones. Like there's a lot of these examples where like York only plays Gastonia three times. Gastonia never goes to York. Weird. Um, I'm not going to go into all the instances of weird home and away game splits because Follow me here. There are 45 different combinations of teams that can play each other in the Atlantic League. Only six of them have the same number of home and away games divided between the teams. So, again, take off Frederick. Take off Frederick completely. That leaves you with 36 matchups. And still only six of them have an even number of home and away games I don't know how you even end up with a schedule like that. I got theories. My theories say maybe they had the schedule basically built out, and then they realized Frederick had these weird scheduling issues, so they had to build around it, and there were ripple effects, and they just didn't fix the ripple effects. They just fixed the main thing, but that's so weird. I don't know. Again, I don't know. I don't have a point. I'm just telling you this is some of the weirdest stuff I've seen on any baseball schedule uh, outside of, like, the little leagues where you just, you know – just throw together whoever's available. Um like here's one again. Neither High Point nor Southern Maryland go to Lancaster. I can wrap my brain around High Point not going to Lancaster, different divisions. But Southern Maryland and Lancaster are like they were just in the North Division Championship. They're very likely going to be battling for division crown. All 9 of the games that Lancaster and Southern Maryland play are in Southern Maryland this year. How how do we do that? Long Island, now this is where it starts to get weird. You can put your little tinfoil hat on, which we'll do a whole episode of Conspiracy Indie Ball, I promise. Long Island doesn't travel to Charleston. Long Island doesn't travel to Gastonia. Long Island doesn't travel to Lexington. What? What? Those are like three of your longest trips, and you were off the hook completely from doing that for the whole year? All those bus trips are out? In what world is that happening? And they can say, well, we don't want to have a super long bus trips. Okay, then stop in Southern Maryland. What are we doing? we stop in Charleston. Uh, It makes, stop, if you're going to Charleston, stop in Lancaster, play a series, go to Charleston. If you're going to Lexington, you can stop any of those places along the way that you pass and play in Lexington. It doesn't make sense. Long Island did have the worst schedule of everyone last year, in my opinion. This is still a bit weird. Uh, It just doesn't make any sense to me, man. Um Gastonia plays 12 games against Long Island all of them are up on Long Island what? why? it doesn't make sense man I'm telling you it's. and the annoyance is if we want to bring it full circle I'll say this here's, here's the point I'll give it Um, when there is no communication with the league like as I mentioned previously with the transactions there's no communication it makes you wonder if there's a reason I like to think it's just the way things worked out and everyone did their best, but it makes you wonder if something is off when there's no communication. Because I talked to four different front offices on the baseball operations side. None of them knew. They all knew it was weird. They all saw their own schedule. Were like, oh, okay. None of them knew the full extent of how weird it really was. Um, none of them knew Long Island had such a deal. And that's typical, if I'm honest. It just makes you wonder. Last, uh, I'll bring this point And I mean, there's all sorts of weird stuff. Southern Maryland never goes to Frederick, which is odd because you feel like if Frederick's trying to sell tickets, it would at least help them out a ton if Southern Maryland came to Frederick. But whatever. I get it. They have a limited schedule they can use. So Frederick's going to have to do what they got to do. Um, but if we're looking at, how about this one for one? Number of division, Divisional games are important. You typically, especially in a two-division league, play your division more often that's irrelevant because you're all racing for the playoff spots together. So you got to win the division. It helps if you're all playing approximately the same schedule in the North Division. Long Island plays 81 games against the division, Southern Maryland plays 49. The other three teams play somewhere in between. How? That should never happen. It should not even be possible that that happens in one division. South South division is not much better. Lexington and Charleston have 14 games of variation between them. Lexington plays 71 South division games. Charleston plays 57. That's it. Those are my thoughts. I mean, I don't have much. I just want to tell you when we talk about the Atlantic League being weird, and the Atlantic League, despite being, you know, all right, the top indie league, I, I guess, we wonder what is going on with the Atlantic League at any given time because stuff like this just keeps happening and not being communicated. If they want to communicate and say, hey, here's what happened. We had to work around Frederick's schedule, which means we had to work around this schedule, which means we had to work around that one and the levels of it. No problem. I totally get it. But um, I'm just a little confused when it comes to how far gone this schedule is and how little communication there was, not just with the world with people out here, but with even the front offices. That's where you start to go, huh? So I don't know. Maybe it's a tinfoil hat thing. Maybe it's just, wow, look at how weird the schedule is. You can take it as you will. If you have thoughts, you can comment, you can reply, you can DM. Do whatever. Do your thing. That's what I got though. I'm Ryan. I hope you had a good one. Enjoy your day. Enjoy it. Enjoy the fact they don't have to drive Long Island to Lexington. Unless you do, in which case I mean, I hope I wasted some of your time. I may not have a lot, but I love what I got a 4x4 and a good fishing spot. I hope this time my card won't decline.